Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Is it just me, or does it seem like it's been winter forever? Man, but my prediction, it'll all be melted by July 4th. That's my prediction by July 4th, so you can hang on. But you know, it's good that we have winters like this. It makes us tough, makes us hardy people. I mean, can we just be honest? It doesn't take any strength to live in Florida. My word, what kind of strength is that? No, you got to be hardy to live here. I mean, just, just look how people in Florida and South Dakota react to different kinds of temperatures, okay? So, for example, at 40 degrees above zero, people in Florida start shivering uncontrollably, just uncontrollably. South Dakota, we're still sunbathing, absolutely. At 20 degrees above zero, man, they put on everything in Florida. They put on the stocking caps, the gloves, the thermal underwear, the coats, everything else. South Dakota, oh, maybe a flannel shirt, maybe. At 20 degrees below zero, everybody in Florida... They die. They die. In South Dakota, our Girl Scouts are going door to door selling cookies. Yeah, go get them, girls. At 100 degrees below zero, hell freezes over. South Dakota, we just start public schools two hours late. That's all we do. Hardy people. You know, the Bible says that people are destroyed because of something. They're destroyed because of a lack of knowledge a lack of knowledge. So from Pastor Keith's heart, our heart, is any time that we can, we want to not motivate you because motivation doesn't last. But if we can give you knowledge, understanding out of God's word, it can change your life forever. And there's two things I just strongly encourage you to take advantage of that I believe could help you in so many ways. One is starting next Sunday, Pastor Keith is going to kick off a series called Why I Believe What I Believe. Why I Believe What I Believe. Everything that you and I do in our life is a result of how we believe. Every action, good or bad, is because of how we believe. And what happens for most people is they have a belief system that is really influenced by the world, by what the world says. Well, we want to parallel that to what God says and help you see it. And I think when you do, you're going to find it so helpful to understand why you believe what you believe and maybe changing some of that belief. The second thing I encourage you is what you just heard earlier from Christy, that Pastor Keith's next class, Crucial Questions. One of the things I find in my conversations with people, I find that so many people get, get sideways in life because they have a, I'll call it a, just a bad theology of who God is. They, their perception of who God is, who Jesus, the Holy Spirit is, it's wrong. I, I don't know where they all got it. Maybe it's from, from watching media. Maybe it's from some things that were told to them. But they don't understand who God is. And once they do, and once you understand those things, everything opens up. So can I so encourage you? I'm taking it because I want to continue to learn more. Even though I've gone through it myself before many times, I want to keep learning. I encourage you to join me in that. You'll find it so helpful. I'm incredibly grateful for Pastor Keith and his heart to teach you and I knowledge out of God's Word. So today, if you'd open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, we're going to read out of the New Living Translation. If I asked you, how many of you this week either saw or experienced a miracle? It'd be interesting to hear what you might say. Probably many people, it was just a normal week, got up at the Normal time, did the normal things, same old, same old. Well, in Acts chapter 3, it was a 
normal day, or at least they thought. Let's start in verse 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. So Peter and John, doing what they did every day, just a normal day, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, going to go to the temple to pray. But there's another man, we don't know his name, that does what he does every day. He's being carried to the temple, and he's laid there to beg for money. Now, we find out the next chapter that this man was over 40 years old, so for well over 20 years of his life, every day has been the same thing. Same-o, same-o. He had no idea, though, on this day he was going to see a miracle. See, for maybe many of you, today's just a normal day. You came to church as you might normally do. You come to the normal service you come to. You sit in the normal section you sit in. You might actually sit in the exact same normal chair you sit in all the time. And you don't have any idea that God's going to do a miracle today. There's a lot of people that live their days, their weeks, their months, their lives, and never experience a miracle, and yet miracles are all around us. Thomas Edison said it this way, there's two ways to look at everything in life. One is that as if there is no such thing as miracles, or the other one is as if everything is a miracle. So today, the question is this, how many of you want to see a miracle? Absolutely, I believe all do. Then we're going to look at God's Word, and there's going to be four things we're going to pull out from it. So how many of you are ready to learn from God's Word today? Are you ready? Let's, let's tell that to God. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Word it's a light, it's a lamp, it's a path, it's a way, it's a sword, it's life itself. God, I pray that it be nothing of myself, but it be your word, your Holy Spirit that teaches us all. And God, not just teaches us for head knowledge, not for motivation, but for life change. Because God, whenever we encounter you, you change lives. And I thank you in advance for the way you're going to change ours. We ask this in your name and all God's people said. Four things. Here's the first thing we're going to learn today. The world needs a miracle. Say that with me. The world needs a miracle. Can we agree on that? 41% of first-time marriages end in divorce. 60% of second-time marriages end in divorce. Those numbers are actually a little lower than they used to be. That's because the number of people that are just living together has greatly increased. And there is a divorce every 13 seconds. Anxiety and depression increased by 25% since the start of COVID. South Dakota ranks number 12 in all states of adults who are experiencing a mental illness. We're number 12. The world needs a miracle. 1.2 million people in the United States are in prison. In fact, U.S., the United States has 20% of the world's population of prisons. I don't think that's a mark to be bragging about. 25% of United States children under age 18 live in a one-parent home. That's 24 million children in the U.S. It's three times the world's rate. The world needs a miracle. 21 million Americans have at least one addiction. Drug overdose deaths have tripled in the last 30 years. The amount of verbal attacks on people because of what they believe, how they look, how they talk, who they are, their political or religious beliefs, have increased more than I've ever seen before. 
the amount of isolation, fear, anxiety, anger, is it's high rates. It's everywhere, but it's not new. Actually, Jesus saw it when he was here on earth. Here's how it says in Matthew 9. When he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Could those be two words to define our society today? Confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Maybe you've come today and you say, I need a miracle. Maybe you think your marriage needs a miracle or your children need a miracle or physically you need a miracle. Maybe you've come and you have lost hope, you've lost perspective, purpose, meaning in your life. This man in this story was paralyzed physically. Maybe you come and you're paralyzed financially. Maybe you're paralyzed because of past or fear of your emotions. Whatever the case may be, you've come. The world needs a miracle. But that leads us to the second thing we're going to look at today. You are to be that miracle. Let's personalize it by saying, I. I am to be that miracle. The first book in the Bible is the book of Genesis. Chapter 1 starts off with five words. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created. And then it goes on to tell how God creates and what he creates. He creates the sun and the moon and the stars Day, night, he creates the oceans, he creates the mountains, creates everything we see, he creates the animals, he creates fish, he creates birds, he creates everything, and he says behind it, two words, it was good. It was good. Then in verse 27 of Genesis 1, he does something really different. He does something he's not done before. He creates something in his own image. He creates something in his own image, and then he said, it's very good. What did he create? You. He created you. I. You want to know what God looks like? Look at the person on both sides of you. That's what good God looks like. In fact, right now, turn to the person on both sides of you and say, you're a miracle. Just say it. You wonder what kind of a miracle you are? Let me tell you a few facts about yourself. Your brain can store up to 100 trillion facts. That's what your brain can store. Do you realize that your mind can handle 15,000 decisions a second? Now, got to make this clear, but that's average. Women can handle 30,000 decisions a second. Men's one. <laughs> Put them together, it's 15,000. Your nose can smell up to 10,000 different odors. Your touch can detect an item one twenty-five thousandth of an inch thick. Your tongue can taste one part quinine and two million parts water. You are a miracle. Think about this. Every second, your body produces 25 million new cells. That means every 15 seconds, your body produces the equivalent of new cells to how many people live in the United States every 15 seconds. Do you realize in your body there are between 60,000 and 100,000 miles of blood vessels in your body? Now, that doesn't even take account your brain, your emotions, your lungs, your heart, everything else. You're a miracle. In fact, here's how David said it in Psalm 139. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. 
Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Do you realize you're amazing? When's the last time you thanked God for your nose hairs? Just asking. How about your gallbladder? How about your toes? How about the very breath that you have right now? In fact, turn to the person right beside you and say, I'm a miracle. Say that to him. See, you're, you're a miracle, but here's the other thing we have to understand. You've been given a miracle of life, but you have been given a greatest miracle that any of us could ever comprehend. And that is the God of the universe who created us would send his only son to die for us that when we believe, we would have a forever relationship with him forever in heaven. That's the greatest miracle of all. In fact, John 3.16 says it this way, for God so loved the that he gave his only Whoever believes in him will have. Absolutely. In fact, Charles Spurgeon said it this way, the greatest miracle is the salvation of a soul. It's a great miracle. I mean, it's a miracle, the fact that, that what I deserve, I know what I deserve. I deserve separation from God. I'm not holy. I've sinned. I deserve separation from God. I deserve hell. I deserve that. He doesn't give it to me. It's a miracle. I also think that the fact the things that I, that I don't deserve, forgiveness, Mercy, love, he does give. That's a crazy thing that he gives us that miracle. In fact, Deborah Brody says it this way, seeing a miracle will inspire you, but knowing you're a miracle will change you. The world needs a miracle. You are to be that miracle. So here's number three. Go be the miracle. Say it with me. Go be the the miracle. Let's keep going with our story. Verse 4. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were strengthened and healed. He jumped up and stood on his feet and began to walk. Then, leaping and walking and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and to John. God had Peter and John on a normal day at doing a normal thing at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He had them there at that exact time to be the miracle for this man. What does God have for you today at 3 o'clock? On a day that you think is just going to be a normal day doing your normal thing? Or maybe at lunch when you meet a waiter or waitress? or you go to a store or whatever you do and you encounter somebody, what does God have planned for you today? See, the, prob the problem is this. So many times I, I think we, what we do is we focus on what we don't have. God, I don't, ha I don't have enough, fill in the blank. What do I have enough? Uh, resources, uh, money, time, ability. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Can I ask you, tell your friends, God will never ask you to give what you don't have. He does ask you to give what you do have. Did you, did you catch what P 
Peter said to him? He says, I, I don't have any what? I don't have any money. I don't have any money. He was looking for money. He said, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I have in the name of Jesus, I give you. See, God, friends, cannot use us to be a miracle if we don't give what we already have, as little as we think it is. One of the stories that I love that someday when I get to heaven, I want to just review some of these stories. I'm going to pull out the, the VHS tapes, you know, and put them in, and I'm, going to, I'm just going to watch some of these miracles, how they unfolded. But one of my favorites is the feeding of the 5,000. I love that story. You know the story, the 5,000 men and plus women, about 15,000 people, and there's no food. And Jesus says, do we have any food? And a little boy comes forward, and what does he have? Have you know? Has a few loaves and a few fish. He'd been to Long John Silver's. He has a little bag, little hush puppies, a couple fish plays. There it is. He didn't have enough to feed anybody. But what he had, he gave. And in the hands of Jesus, miracle happened. What would happen at 3 o'clock this afternoon in your normal day if you just offered Jesus what you had that you could be the miracle for somebody? See, I love how Paul says it in 2 Corinthians because Paul prayed for a miracle for himself. He prayed for it multiple times. Here's how it says. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger to Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. He wants his miracle. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in what? I love that. Therefore, I may boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that God's power can rest in me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. Think about that. I delight in weakness. I delight in insults. I delight in hardships and persecutions in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am what? I am strong. God wants to use your weakness, wants to use your struggles, wants to use your failures to be the miracle for somebody else. Quit praying for a miracle. Go be the miracle. That is what God's calling us to do. And yet, I, I know some people are going through some hard times, and I don't, I don't diminish that at all. But however tough your life is, why don't you tell that to Nick Vojacek? Now, if you don't know the name, you might know the person. He was born with no arms, no legs. How many of you know who I'm talking about? If you've never seen it, Google life without limbs. It'll, it'll stun you. Nick, born with no arms, no legs, but loves Jesus with all his heart. And here's his statement. Think about, think about this statement. He says, even though I didn't have arms and legs, I determined I could be the hands and feet of Jesus. Think about that. And so he said, Jesus, here I am. No arms, no legs. What do you want to use? What do you want to use? His books now have been translated over 30 languages. He has spoken over 57 countries. He has spoken for over 400 million people have heard his story and who Jesus is. His goal is that one billion people would come to hear who Jesus Christ is through him. See, you think you might need a miracle today. I'm not diminishing that. Why don't you change your mindset to go be a miracle today? It's why God gave you breath. It's why God gave me breath, us breath today. Friends, he didn't give us breath on life so that we could eat a Chick-fil-A even though it is God's chicken, okay? I know that. 
Eat, sleep, play ball, watch TV, have sex. A dog can do those five things. And yet, I see people live for a combination of that. Really? That's why God gave you and I breath at this point in time. God gave you and I breath today to do his work. Here's how Paul says it in 1 Timothy. I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has given me strength to do what? His work. His work. He says this, he considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. It's a trustworthy statement, and everyone should accept it. Jesus Christ came into the world to save all sinners. How many many of you involved in that one? Okay, came to save all sinners. And then he says this, and I'm the worst of them all. So if you came here today thinking, there's no one worse than me, ah, sorry, too late. Paul grabbed it. But God had mercy on me so, in other words, I could be a miracle for somebody else so that Jesus Christ could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Friends, there's a reason you and I were born at this time in history, in to be in this city at this time, to be alive at this point. And it's not just to exist. It's not to get a miracle. It's to go be the miracle. That's why God has us here. The problem is so many times we want to make a name for ourselves. How many followers can I have? Can I be the greatest of all time? There is only one greatest of all time. There's only one worth following, and that's Jesus. See, you need to be the miracle for somebody else, but if you focus on your, quote, disability, what you don't have enough of, can I give you a thought? Take the word disable. Okay, take the word disable and put go in front of it. God says we're supposed to go. When you put the words in front of it, you know what you get? God is able. So whatever your discipline, what you can't, you don't think you can do, your weakness, your struggle, go. Go be a miracle for somebody else. The world needs a miracle. You're to be that miracle. Go be the miracle. Here's the fourth one. How? How to be the miracle. We always want to teach you in ways that you can put your hands and your feet to it. How do you be the miracle? Real simple. Bless people everywhere you go. Bless people everywhere you go. Say that with me. Bless people everywhere you go. We're going to acronym it. I encourage you to take a note. B. Begin with prayer. Begin with what? Here's, Here's what I find. I find it in my own life, but I don't think it's true to just me. I find way too many times people are praying a prayer. And here's the the prayer. God, would you bless me today? Would you bless my children? Would you bless my family? Would you bless the work that I'm going to do? God, would you bless me today? Can I challenge you and I? Stop praying the prayer. He already has. He's already blessed us. He's given us the miracle. He's given us the gift of his son, Jesus. He's given you the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he's given us everything that we need to live life. The Bible already says that. We've already received what we're praying for. Stop praying the prayer. Instead, let's flip the prayer. What if you and I every morning said, God, instead of, would you bless me? God, who am I to bless today? Who am I to be a blessing to today? God, in my normal day, doing my normal stuff, God, who am I going to be around at maybe 3 o'clock this afternoon that 
that I need to be a miracle for them. God, who do you want me to bless today? Does that make sense? When you and I flip the prayer, as it begins with prayer, suddenly we see things that we don't see instead of looking at ourselves and seeing everything that's wrong here, everything that we need here, we begin to look outside of that. It begins with prayer. We have orange balls on both sides. If you're new to celebrate, what that simply is is this. If there's someone that you do know that you don't know if they know Jesus or you don't know where they're at with Jesus, we encourage you to take a ball, write their name on it, and put it in there. And we pray over them all the time. But it begins with prayer. God, let me be a blessing today. Not let me be blessed. Let me be a blessing today. And then, God, I want to pray for my neighbor. I want to pray for those who I'm working with. I want to pray for those who put me around at school or wherever else may be. I don't know where they're at, God. It begins with prayer. God, let me be a blessing. Let me be a miracle for someone else. That's B. L says this. Once you begin with prayer, look and listen. Say it with me. Look and listen. If you remember the story, it says that Peter looked at him intently. Can we agree that many times we go by a day and we, we go by all kinds of people and we never see them? Can we agree on that? All the time. Why? Because we are just so busy, busy, busy. Can I challenge us, what if today, in our normal day, we begin with prayer, but then we just start to look at people and literally look them in the eyes, look at them, see them. Jesus in the Bible says he saw people that had compassion and met their needs. You know, I, I go into a doctor's office or I go into other places where maybe you have to wait a few seconds, haircut, whatever the case may be. What are most people doing that are waiting? They're on their cell phones. That's where they're at. Can I challenge you and I, if we want to be the miracle, put your cell phone away. Put it down. Look at people. Look them in the eyes. What will you see? I don't know. Maybe you'll see an elderly person that needs a word of encouragement. You might see a single mom that just needs a helping hand with the kids. You might see somebody whose eyes show that they're hurting, that they're struggling. You will see needs. See, look, look, look. But then the second part of that is now listen. Listen. Listen to them. One of my favorite stories, turn over a couple pages in Acts to Acts chapter 8. Just turn over to Acts chapter 8 for a moment. And I love this story. I love this story. It's a Philip. It's a verse uh, 26, chapter 8, verse 26. Philip has been praying, so he's begun with prayer. And here's how the story goes. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority underneath the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. Now just look, look, look. But then look in verse 30. Philip ran over and he heard, which means he was listening. He heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up to the carriage and sit with him. And if you know the rest of the story, Philip did. The man accepted Jesus and was baptized at the spot. See, friends, if we're going to be a miracle to somebody, if we're going to be a blessing to somebody, it begins with prayer. God, 
I don't want a blessing. I've been blessed. I want to be a blessing. How can I be a blessing today, God, in, in this normal day? How can I be it? Now look. Now listen. You know, when you listen, you're going to hear pain points. You're going to hear needs. You heard one today from World Hope. Can I encourage you? Be the miracle. If God's put in their heart, be the miracle for a child. This is mine. This is Timothy. For the last two years, this has been in front of my desk. I see it every day. I won't read it. He's 17 years old, but the last sentence says this. I'm especially grateful for the opportunity you have given me to attend school, and someday I hope to become a teacher. I would love someday in my life that God would give me the joy of of meeting Timothy in person and to see him teaching. And to know that maybe in some minute, 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 small way, God allowed me to bless him in some way, that he was the miracle, and God allowed me to be a part of that. So begin with what? Prayer. Then the L's are look, and here's E. Encourage. Encourage. Now, there's a lot of practical ways you encourage. Let me give you just a couple practical ways. Here's one. Just smile. Just smile. Do this. Smile right now. Just smile and show teeth. Show teeth. Okay, don't take them out. Just just show them, okay? (laughs) Do you know how few people smile? When you look at somebody and you smile, it could be a clerk at a store. You haven't said anything. You just look and you smile. It says, I see you. I value you. You're important. I noticed you. Do you know what that does to encourage someone when you do that? If you can, the second thing I'd say then is this. Compliment. Compliment everybody. How, how many of you came home this week, walked in the door, said to your spouse, your kids, don't even start. Don't even start. I've had too many compliments today. Don't even go there. Don't even go there. I don't think so. I think very few people get a compliment. Can you compliment anybody on something? Yes, you can. If you look, you can. What if we became that? One of the things I, I love to do, I love to go into different stores where I'm going to Mary, and if I can, engage with one of the people that are working there, and just to see what I can get to know about them. And then after that, I'll talk a little bit, and I'll say, can, uh, is your manager here? Can I, can I talk to your manager? Would you get your manager for me? I want to talk to your manager. What do you think they're thinking? Uh, they're thinking, I'm, I'm in trouble. And they go, Why? I said, I just want to talk for a minute. Okay. They bring the manager over, and you can tell it. They're just like, because mm, the manager, and what's the manager thinking? There's a problem. He comes over, and I love to do this. I just want to say what a great job they're doing. You have trained them really well. And I just want to say, man, I love, when I come to the store, I love coming here because this is a great example of a great employee. They're doing a great job. Okay. Oh, and by the way, they, they might need a raise. <laughs> How many times do you think that employee has heard that? How about the manager? Hardly ever. Compliment people. Every go. That's a way to encourage them. Maybe encourage them through, again, a gift of words. We talked about some words in marriage. You can use them for anybody. I respect you. All those kinds of different things you can do. Here's a way you can encourage somebody. Ask them if you can pray for them. I do this a lot. Pastor Keith does. If I'm in a line and I'm talking to a person, engaging just briefly, even for briefly, I just say, hey, thanks. Have a great day. Can I ask you a quick question? Is there anything I can pray for you about today? I just ask a question. Is there anything I can pray for you about today? 
And you said, I'll tell you, it's crazy. Sometimes, oh, no, no, but thanks for asking. But I can't tell you how many times people have, uh, yeah, yeah, there is. Okay. Man, that's a way that you can encourage them. Make sense? Don't wait for a miracle. Go be a miracle. So B is begin with prayer. L is what? Look and listen. E is? Here's S. Serve. Serve. Now, some, some people a little bit harder to serve than others. Can we agree on that one? There was a Boy Scout troop that was meeting, and, and they were going there, and the Boy Scout leader said, okay, now last week we talked about that everybody this week was going to go help somebody, serve somebody that you didn't know. So let's go around the circle and see what you did. Well, they came to little Jimmy, and Jimmy went, I forgot, I forgot, I, I, I haven't done it. The leader said, okay, go, go right now. Go right now, go outside, find somebody, and serve them. Somebody you don't know. Okay? Jimmy came back about 15 minutes later, and his hair was all messed up, and his, his shirt was kind of torn, buttons off. His sleeve was kind of ripped. He had some blood and scratch marks. And the leader's going, Jimmy, what happened to you? He said, I helped an old lady across the street. He said, I know, but look at you. He said, she didn't want to go. So some of you can't help, but a lot you can. Here's some thoughts on how you and I can serve somebody. How about this? A hug or a handshake when it's appropriate? You know how many people that are older that never get a hug? Ever? A child? When it's appropriate to reach out and do that, that'd be a way to serve them. Man, how about this one? Honor. Man, that's a big one. How about if we just honor people? If you see somebody in military, honor them. Someone in the law enforcement, someone in the medical field, a teacher, honor them. Say, I want to say, if, if you see them, just, hey, can I interrupt just a second? I want to say thank you for what you do. I really appreciate it. I honor you. Man, hardly anybody gets that, friends. You can serve them that way. How about this one? Just a helping hand. You maybe see something needs to be done, maybe some food, whatever the case may be. How about this? How about a handwritten note? How many of you like a handwritten note when it comes to you versus a text? Take the time to write a handwritten note. Some way you can serve somebody. Instead of waiting to be blessed, go be a blessing. Instead of waiting for a miracle, go be the miracle. Bless someone every day, everywhere you go. Begin with what? Prayer. Then the L is look and listen. Then E is encourage and serve. And here's the last one. Share Jesus with them. Just share the story of Jesus of what Jesus has done for you. Let that be the case. When, when you do that, now you're helping people meet Jesus. And see, that's a, that's a kingdom life, friends. When you've met Jesus yourself, you've encountered Jesus, now you've engaged with Jesus, you're engaging his word, you're being equipped. Now go, go in your weakness. Go in your struggles. Go and be empowered to bless somebody else. C.S. Lewis has a great phrase great phrase. I love this phrase. It's in his book, Mere Christianity. He says this, the church exists for nothing else but to draw men to Christ, to make them little Christ. I love that word. That's who you are. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a little Christ. If we're not doing that, then all the cathedrals, clergy, mission sermons, even the Bible itself is a waste of time. God became man for no other reason.
Man, it was just a normal day. They were doing their own normal thing, three o'clock in the afternoon, but had no idea that God was going to use them to be the miracle. Let me say it again. Where are you going to be at three o'clock today, or where are you going to be at noon, or later today, or tomorrow morning? Instead of you trying to be blessed, instead of you trying to get a miracle, what if you knew you were already blessed, you already were a miracle, you became one? What could God do? And all week long, we'd see miracles. We'd see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. That's what life is. When you bless everybody that's around you, begin with prayer. You look and you listen. You encourage, you serve, and you share Jesus with them. The results, you know what's crazy? Back to Acts chapter 4, it says this. But many who heard the message believed. See, after Peter did the miracle, all this crowd starts coming in, and Peter goes, okay, here's what's happened. Because they all knew him. They all knew him. They knew this man had been lame for all these years. What happened? Here's what happened. They shared Jesus. And it says this. So the number of men, just men, believed, grew to 5,000. Take family members. That's 10,000 or more. You know what happened? <laughs> A Jesus revolution. That's what happened. Because they were focused on being a blessing rather than getting one. Being a miracle rather than getting a miracle. A Jesus revolution happened. I think Jesus wants to do another revolution now. What if we saw 800 miracles? 800 miracles happen this week because of how you looked at things. That's why I think it's appropriate that we finish our time with communion. Because it's all about what Jesus did for us. We give because he gave. We love because he loved. We bless because he blessed. That's how to live a life. If you don't have communion elements, just raise your hand. The ushers will get them to you here. Communion, again, is, is not something that's spiritual in and of itself. It's a remembrance. Jesus said, remember this. Remember this. Because we remember, we do. Paul says it this way. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead and take the bread. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Go ahead and drink. Father, everything is because you did it first. God, would you forgive me? Would you forgive us when we get so consumed on what we don't have, what we have lack of, that we forget all that you've given us? 
God, would you forgive me? Would you forgive us when we get so focused on wanting to be blessed instead of blessing and being a blessing to other people? God, would you forgive me? Would you forgive us for the times that all we ask for is a miracle when you've already given it to us? You've already given us life. You've already given us your son, Jesus. You've already given us the Holy Spirit, your word. And we forget that we're to go be the miracle. So God, on this normal day, I'm asking, would you use us to go be the miracle in your name and honor you? And God, we say thank you in advance for the miracles we're going to see happen. We love you. We adore you. And all God's people said. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.